Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. This morning, we have uh, two very special guests with us. So this is Pastor Dusty and Miss Ann. They're going to go ahead and come up here. These guys uh, hold many titles, but they are the vice presidents of Mountain Gateway. Pastor Dusty actually pastored for about 35 years uh, so this morning is not going to be his first message. We're so happy about that. And so, anyways, if you can, just give them a good old main welcome, and uh, we're glad they're here. Good morning. So I am Ann Hammock, and this is my amazing husband, Dusty, and we're so honored to be here. My husband and I will be married 28 years this year. Amazing. And guess what tomorrow is? It's Valentine's Day, and so right here in front of everybody, I wanted to honor my husband as an amazing husband and an amazing father. And then I want to give you, I know some of you have been married longer than I have, but will you give me permission to just give you a quick pro tip? (laughs) Pro tip. There's one thing that I know for certain after 28 years of marriage, that we are completely opposite. (laughs) It took me a minute to uh, really grab hold of that as being okay. I worked really hard to make him like me for a long time. But here's what I've discovered. In most every situation, he's the wow Like, let's build a house. Woo! And I'm like, how? (laughs) How long and how much money? Right? So he's the wow. I'm the how. He's the grace in the family. I'm the law. The kids are like, we love dad. Get get away from mom, you know. (laughs) I'm the hammer. Um, You know, and I just started thinking about all of the ways we're different. He's cold. I'm hot. Anybody with me? Like, oh, y'all are all the same, right? Perfect unity. God just put you with somebody who's just like you, right? But here's the one thing, and I'm excited for you to hear from my husband. Here's something that we have discovered. That different isn't wrong, it's just different. And the only way that we will ever be happy is if we're holy. And inside of holiness is happiness. And God put me with the most amazing man to help me on this earth become more like Jesus. And that really is what tomorrow is about, is celebrating my love for you and God's love for me by giving me just what I needed. Amen. Listen, the Bible is real clear about how we should treat each other. And I really believe that God has a very, very special assignment for the Anchor Church. And I've been careful to try to figure out how to say it so that that it doesn't sound inauthentic. 
uh, you know, you may have someone give a, a prophetic word or an encouraging word or a, a word that would just speak life into the church. But I want to tell you, God has a very special place for the Anchor Church in this community. And I also think He has a very special place for the Anchor Church in His plan for this state. I do. I, I believe that in my heart. And it's what I sense when I'm here. And so that means that you as a congregation have an enormous responsibility. We know that the pastors here have an enormous responsibility and the staff and all those who labor beside uh, your pastors. So we know that. But sometimes we don't think about the fact that the congregation has a responsibility in this entire process, meaning that healthy families, healthy marriages create healthy churches which then creates healthy communities, which then creates healthy counties and healthy states and opens the door for God to do amazing and incredible things in an area. Meaning that God's hand can literally have latitude and longitude. We see it throughout the Bible where God had a place where He stepped into the earth and did something amazing. And he's looking for a people who can pull that off and, and do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, today I want to read a scripture out of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31, uh, starting at verse 31 and 32. And this passage of scripture is taught many times about how we ought to treat each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord. How we should treat people in our community. But today on the, the eve of Valentine's Day, where we celebrate our marriages and our, our love for the one that God put in our life, I want to read this passage in context to marriage. Now, when I read it in the context of our marriage, I get under conviction. Honestly, I, I go, get rid of all bitterness I will tell you, there's been days I was bitter with her. And, and so I'm going to be open with you. Just Can we talk openly? Because I don't want you to think like, Pastor Dusty walks with Jesus. No, I walk with my flesh sometimes. So I'm going to just tell you. But I want us to be real today so that at the end we can let Jesus be real, real in us. Okay? So I will tell you, that when I read this passage, I want us to read it and I want us to begin to uh, uh, allow it to get in us. Because it says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice in our marriages. Whew. Are you under conviction yet? My goodness, I'm hurting right now. I'm like, Jesus, help me. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other? Oh, not today. No, no, no. She's wrong the way she spoke to me this morning. And I will hold on to it for eternity. <laughs> Just as in Christ, God forgave us. You see, when Ann and I first got married, I remember standing at the front of the church just like this. And, you know, the music, the kind of music that is before 
the bride comes in music, and I'm standing there, and I am very nervous. Very, 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 for very nervous, okay? And I'm standing there, and the music starts, because you know what's about to happen when that, that music starts. The music starts. And the back doors open, and she's standing there in that white, beautiful, beautiful dress. And she starts coming down that aisle, and I, I'm about to faint, like even right now. Because I love that woman right there. I love her. And she came down that aisle, and I just knew God had put her in my life so that I could be happy. Not knowing that soon after that, she would make me mad. <laughs> because what I didn't anticipate is that God had put it, her in my life to produce holiness so that I could be happy. And I thought she was designed by God to make me happy when in fact my responsibility was to be holy before God, and somehow, holy before God, I would run right into happiness. And so today, the big idea around this message is this. Marriage forces me to face myself honestly, to expose my character flaws, bad attitudes, and habits that lead me further away from my God-ordained purpose. You see, marriage has an amazing thing that God intended for it. And the key to holiness is to surrender to Jesus and to seek to understand the one God put in my life. So I'm going to surrender to Jesus, dying to my flesh, and then try to understand this person that I don't know her language, I don't know how she ticks, I don't know why she thinks the way she thinks, I don't know why she talks the way she talks, I don't know, I don't know, it's like I married an alien. <laughs> However, God actually created her for me, for me. So I would change. And I'll tell you that my resistance to that change has created many, many intense moments of fellowship. <laughs> or, or discussions. We, we have this rule in our house, no discussions after 8 o'clock. Because if you get, you know, how, come on, you're tired, the day's gone long, and you get into a discussion after 8, ooh, <sighs> And I remember, I remember one time uh, our youngest, Jaden, he's now fixing to be 22 years old. But I remember he was a little boy and, and we were having a moment. And he says, no discussions after eight? <laughs> okay. So let me try to help all of us understand again why this relationship is so valuable. Genesis 2.20 says this. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found for him. I don't have time to teach that, but isn't it interesting that it says it was not found? 
Meaning, there was a search. All you single guys in search. Okay. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. And then the Lord uh, God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man. And he brought her to the man. And he said, she is fine looking, is what he said. He actually said, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I'd have said, she's fine, you know. She shall be called woman. And you know why he named her woman? Woe unto man. You've heard that joke. Okay. For she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother, is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So here's the real deal. Imagine we're in that moment, and Anne is actually in me. She's over in me. In the neighborhood of this rib. And she's over in me. And God says, now I'm going to take a part of you out of you. So he takes a part of me out of me. And when that part of me is taken out of me, I'm pretty fired up about what he did. Is that Adam? Wow, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is the one I've been looking for. Because remember he was trying to find one? And he takes this best part of Adam out of him. And now he gets to see what he couldn't see before. He couldn't see that. And so now, he's going to leave his father and mother. This passage gets quoted over in Ephesians by Paul. Now, his entire life is getting the one out of him back into him. Because if I let her in... She's going to see my mess. If I let her in, she also knows that it's pretty dangerous in there because if I get mad, I can wound her. Does that make sense? So her trusting me to walk into me. Into me. Intimacy. If, if I let her walk into me, and then when she walks into me, I let her... See me for who I really am without the fear of what she might see. I now find intimacy. And so that's what marriage is a lifetime of her coming into me and seeing me for who I am without it feeling as though she's trying to find flaws. She's actually seeing what I can't see. I can't see it. And so, I have these two jars up here today. And in the bottom of my jars, can, can you see the sand that's in the bottom of the jar? Can you see that? However, the water's clear, right? So we basically, we come to church with clear water. And everyone looks at our life and we see our smile. Hallelujah. God is so good. Yes, He is. I hate my wife. I'm so mad I could just... We do it every day. We go to work with it. We, go to, we, we, we are very good at putting on masks and not revealing what's in here. But let's be fair. We all have this. And we're going to call those today unresolved issues. 
Those are unresolved issues inside of us. And you know where unresolved issues, they come from the fact that we are in a world in which things don't always go really well. Amen? Like divorce. I was pastoring a church over 30 years ago. Come in on a, on a uh, Friday afternoon and I get divorce papers served to me at the church. And it was devastating. Went back to my office, laid on the floor, and just said, Jesus, what is happening? Long story short, I ended up raising, I had my three kids as a single dad. My church, usually churches can't handle a divorce pastor. Can you just understand? Can we sort of have, it's just tough. It's just difficult. I resigned my church, raising my kids. My mom and dad moved in with me. Financial problems. Can't eat, I'm telling you, financial difficulty. And bottom line, I'm mad. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at my ex. I'm mad at the world. I'm just ticked off all the time. And so in that is a bunch of stuff. Make sense? And you have your own because you could have... A lot of things that have happened to you in your life, like abuse, physical or mental, all kinds of, of emotional abuse. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've had broken promises. Or maybe you were a child growing up in a home where mom or dad broke promises. And now you had to deal with that loyalty confusion. Like, which weekend is it? Where am I going to be? And who am I going to love? And if I love this one, am I going to hate that one? Huh? What about death of a parent? You say, God, thanks a lot. My whole world's changed. The death of a loved one. A death of a child. I mean, do you understand now? We can get lots of stuff going on. You get fired. COVID. Do you see? In our life, so many things can happen that we get wounded. And the trauma around that is very, very real. And it's painful no matter how well we hide it. No matter how much we think that our jar or our life is clear and amazing and we just enjoy what God is doing all the time, there are still emotional wounds and there are physical wounds and there are relational wounds. There, there are things we've just not resolved yet. And then, guess what? We live in a world that is difficult. We live in a world that's difficult. In fact, Jesus said that in this world, you will have, you're going to have some trouble. Okay? So let me help you understand what happens with your stuff when you live in a world that's difficult. Anybody had your jar shook up? Anybody went into work and you had a clear jar and you came home looking like that? Anybody just woke up one morning with a clear jar and you went to bed with that? Because now it gets cloudy and life gets confusing. And you know what happens? The wounds that were unresolved, now become something else. 
they now turn into, I'm just going to be fair with you, it's like they turn into worry. Because this gets so confusing that I can't figure it out. I start worrying about my issues. (laughs) I start worrying about the abuse, the divorce, the financial ruin. I start worrying about those things. I start finding out that in my worry, there's someone warring against me. Huh? I find out that my mind, the devil could leave me alone and I could ruin my life pretty good without him. I mean, he only has to plan like one or two thoughts and leave me alone. And then I'll, I'll just eat on them for a lifetime. That makes sense? So the devil's warring against us for the purpose of me not letting her in. So that I will never, not only let her in, I won't let anybody in. Because of what I went through in a divorce, letting her in was a miracle. That I would let her back in or let her even try to get in. It would have been a lot better for me to keep her away. Does that make sense? And here's what happens in our life is that we start worrying about what people will say or what people will think or what will she do if I let her know what I'm really thinking. And how will she accept me if she really knew that I'm struggling, that I'm in pain and I'm hurting, but I'm a preacher. Hallelujah. I'm good at faking it. Hallelujah. I learned how to do that. And unfortunately, uh, that kind of behavior turns into privately a lot of, well, why did this happen? And why did she leave? And why did I lose my job? And why? Why did my kids rebel? Why? Why did they say that? Why did she say that? Why? And guess what? You know who's going to be right there answering that question? John 8, 44. You belong to the Father, the devil. And you want to carry out your Father's desires? Listen, he was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him because he speaks his native language, which is lies. So he's like that news reporter who's looking at your life and your circumstances and he's spinning it for you. He's spinning it with lies so that the very one I said I do and vowed my life to I now am going, oh, that's why she said it. Mm-hmm. You just wait. I'll keep a list of everything I can. I'll nail her when she's pot call the kettle black. You just wait. Hey, we said we were going to talk, and we were going to be open, okay? And here's what happens. The devil is right there to spin the things that happen in our life. And then my mind, oh my goodness, what have, I told you about me, Romans 8, 6, if your sinful old self is the boss over your mind, it leads to death, But if the Holy Spirit's your boss over your mind, it leads to life. And I sometimes allow the wrong boss to be in charge of spinning my issues. So what happens? I end up developing some weapons 
to keep people at bay. Because, again, let's just be real. I'll develop a weapon to keep her from getting in here. I'm the only one here today. Okay. The reason I don't want her in here is because in my flesh I don't trust her. Does that make sense? Because we are to be one flesh. She's getting back in me, but I don't trust her to get back in me to find out what's in me. Huh? Because I guarantee you, guys and ladies and gals and men and women, we don't want our thoughts displayed on the screen. Right? Somebody give a loud amen. <laughs> Woo, yes. You can get, have church up in here today over that one. We don't want our thoughts. However, it's important for all of us to know Jesus already sees them. And, and, and he's not intimidated with them. I've been mad at him because I thought, oh, right, thanks a lot, God. Yeah, you told me to marry that woman, and then she became the most difficult thing and most painful in my life. Way to go, God. And he wasn't intimidated with that. He allowed me to come into his presence boldly, as the scriptures say, and have conversation, and then him began to train me. Amen? And then we use weapons to fight, and we attack. We attack with our words. We attack with our words. Or we attack with no words. Yeah, it looks good when you don't say anything, even though you're so mad on the inside, you pull away emotionally and detach and pull away. And then the one who's vocal, the one who's loud, the one who attacks with words, we say, oh, that's the, that's the mean one. That's the one that's sinning. When in fact the one not talking is also the one not sinning. Or the one who's sinning. Does that make sense? And so we use our words to attack. You know what else we use? Our attitudes of judgment. Where we go ahead and judge another person. For what we think their motive is. So we can keep them at a distance with our words and our attitudes and then we use our anger I can keep her away from me with my anger does that make sense and so what's going on here is in a moment is for us to be able to let Jesus step into our life and so how do we get out of here well the number one is is that there's hope for us all there's hope for us it's because we're not forever in prison to this we are not forever in a problem with this there is an answer for where we are today and I'm so thankful that we're learning how to trust and repent and forgive we're learning how to do that and here's the first step that I want you to take today connect to Jesus right now connect to Jesus and I want to ask you a question Will you open your wounded heart to Him? He already knows, but He wants permission for you to let Him in first. Because I promise you, you won't let your spouse in until you let Him in. Because He's the one who's going to clean up all of this. And He's going to start helping you to identify what's in there because sometimes you don't even know what's in there until you get all shook up 
You thought everything was cool until something happened. You thought everything was all right until something happened. Sometimes even God will shake your jar so you'll know there's some things we need to deal with. Amen? The Bible says in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and He saves the crushing spirit. He heals the brokenhearted. And He binds up their wounds, Psalm 147, 3. And then Jesus says, if you want to reconcile, then you've got to go confess some things to the people that you've hurt or have hurt you. Jesus says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there at the altar, remember that your brother or your sister has something against you? Leave your gift there. Do you, you think Jesus is really, really interested in making sure that it's taken care of? Yeah, He is. So we may have to talk to our wife today or our husband today and just say, listen, I have not been what I wanted to be. I was just flat out afraid. I was mad and angry and I had a lot of mess. And I need... Jesus to help me but I also need you to help me and then the last thing we're going to connect to Jesus we're going to confess and reconcile and the last thing is we're going to create a community where we can show our stuff I need people I can be real with because the Bible says in James 5.16 therefore confess your sins each to the other and pray for each other so that you can be there's healing in confession and I will tell you, this is my hardest one. I let Jesus in. I can say I'm sorry. But to let someone in and see the desperation inside of me, that's very difficult. But I think this entire message can be summed up in a few things, but it's about a story. A story that will reveal the amazing power of Jesus. And I want Ann to come and share that real quick. So when Dusty was sharing this message with me, I just began to reflect on seasons of our marriage. And even after 28 years, we're not immune to the enemy's attack. So in 2019... My husband and I had been building a business since 2011. We had built a very successful business and we had thousands of people in our organization and we really felt like this was a season of our life that God had come in and answered our financial future. And we got an email from our corporate office that asked us all um, to join a corporate Zoom. And seven minutes later, 100,000 of us found out that in six weeks we would no longer have an income. And so in our 50s, and my husband at 61 years old, we're facing a financial, what felt like a financial ruin. Like, what are we going to do? And so we made steps toward looking at what money we had saved on and so we were going to make some investments, some strategic investments um, to try to help our future. And then we discovered that the person that was helping us invest had actually stolen a lot of our investment money. 
It was also a season where we were very full with our life. Our plate of life was extremely full, so we just kept forging forward, and we just kept doing the things in front of us, and, and they were godly things. We are traveling and ministering, and at the same time, our baby, our baby boy, went to, off to college. So at the end of 2019, our circumstances had changed. Our house was empty of children for the first time in our entire marriage. And I found myself with my jar shaken up. Some things were just circumstances. They were out of our control. Some things were consequences because I hadn't taken the time to resolve some issues. And when we were facing those challenging times, those things rose up inside of me. They were there all along. And some of the things that I dealt with were just consequences of my own decisions, being unwilling to forgive, unwilling to release, unwilling to even release the loss. Forgiveness is even being willing to release the loss as a result. And so Desi and I found ourselves at the end of 2019 in this place in our marriage where there was just this sense in our home of unrest. It's just this frustration. And I don't know if you ever sense this in your home. But just between us, it was like there was really nothing to argue about, but we were arguing about things that didn't even matter. Like just staying in this constant state of friction. We'd wake up frustrated. We'd go to bed frustrated. Things that we thought were resolved were now raising up its ugly head again. I was thinking of wounds from the past and now bringing those to our future. Like we just felt like we were in this spiral of craziness and darkness. And I, I, I'll tell you, I would have told you we had a really healthy, great marriage. But when things shook up our jar, we were faced again that there were some things Jesus needed to heal. And so inside of this bickering and this frustration and this unrest inside of our house, one day I said, I just feel like you're not even listening to me. And he looked at me and he said, I just feel like you're not even listening to me. And we went, we just said the same thing. And we realized that our hearts were saying the same thing. I'm hurting. He was saying, I'm hurting. And what I really wanted and needed was him to come really close. But in that moment, because my jar was shaken up, I needed to first just go to Jesus and let him just begin to flood out some things in me. Go into the presence of God. And just letting Jesus just wash over me. Because if I take this jar and go sit it under a faucet, eventually the things will be washed out. Just in his presence, just washing over me. His word washing over me. Because there's some things my husband can't do for me. i got to let Jesus just wash over me. And then I had to be willing to open my jar and just pour myself out. You can get rid of some things when you're willing just to pour it all out. You're not afraid. Pour yourself out before those that you love. And you're willing to say, I forgive. And I'm willing to be forgiven. 
So we went through all of these processes. And then in that moment where we're both saying the same thing in frustration, we're both kneeling at our coffee table and we're weeping because we're both so frustrated. And it felt like we were frustrated at each other. And then we, were, we realized our, even our frustration was in unity. <laughs> And we realized the enemy had an attack. It had an assignment on our marriage. And we, when we recognized that our warfare was not flesh and blood, it wasn't me against him and him against me. We're kneeling at our coffee table and he took his fist and he said, that's enough. And he hit the table. And he said, the enemy has come in to steal, kill, and destroy. And I will not have it. And he began to take authority over the enemy. He began to drive the demonic forces out of our house and say, you will not come in and you will not try to rob us. And he began to claim hold of the promises of God for our marriage. And in that moment, it lifted. That oppression lifted out of our household. And the reason I wanted to share this story with you is because some of you just need to get in his presence. And you just need to let him just wash over you and wash over you and get in his word and trust him again. Trust him again just to flush out those things that you've held tightly to. The hurts, the heartaches, the disappointments, the unmet expectation. I had an expectation that my husband would be something that God had to be for me. I had to release expectation and then I had to just be willing we we both just had to pour ourselves out before each other and receive each other's healing and forgiveness and then we had to take power and authority over the enemy and this morning some of you there's an assignment on your marriage and I sense that some of you are you're this close you're wondering can we make it Are we going to make it? And I'm telling you, by the authority of the Word of God and in the name of Jesus, you can and you will make it. You can and you will. So whether it's circumstances, whether it's consequences, maybe you just faced a lot of change. Jesus wants to come right inside your jar and begin to heal you. We just close our eyes for just a minute. Just invite the presence of Jesus. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Wash over our lives. Go to the deepest part of our pain our disappointment. The Lord showed me last week a hot iron going. I shared it with one person, but going through the head all the way down to the feet. And I heard the Lord say, I'm going to reveal so that I can heal. And then we're going to seal it. Reveal, heal, and seal. If you would all just please stand.
mean, I know that Dusty and I both felt like God wanted to really do a deep, deep healing today. A deep work. Some of you have given up. But God came. He sent two people from Alabama all the way to Maine to tell you there's hope. There's hope for the heartache. And there's hope for the disappointment. And you don't have to be ashamed. Two years ago was a dark place for us. Because there was an assignment on our marriage. And in one moment it lifted. And I believe that for you today. So if you would, if you would be willing... If you just say, hey, I'm willing to be healed, to have some things washed out of me, I'm committed to the strongest marriage I've ever had. I'm standing in the gap for my unsaved husband or my unsaved wife. Just as a step of faith, would you just step out and just walk forward? So Dusty can just pray over you. Just over your marriage, over your own heart. Look, we're the first ones down here. Like, we're not afraid to say, Jesus, there's still still some things in my jar. So if you want us just to pray over you, pray over your marriage. Just thank you. Just come on. Anybody. Just, just fill the altar. Say, wash over me, Jesus. It doesn't have to be a marriage issue. Maybe it's just your, there's some things in your jar. And you go, that, just seeing this reminded me of some wounds. So we're going to believe God for healing first. And so our invitation is, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come in. I'm praying right now for me, but I'm also asking you to go ahead and you invite Jesus into your wounds. Invite Jesus into your pain. Invite Jesus into your unresolved things. Invite Jesus in right now. Jesus, come in and take over. Take over the brokenness. Take over the wounds. Take over my issues. And you might even want to say, Jesus, I have issues. My life is cloudy and I'm confused and I can't figure it out. And I have a thousand whys and I know the devil's attacking. And right now I stand. I stand here saying, come in and heal me. Jesus, I pray right now for every person that represents a family. Every single person that represents a family, I right now declare over them in the name of Jesus the power of healing, the power of healing emotionally, the power of healing of memories, the power of healing of where they've been, and the confidence to go where you're now sending them. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus there will be a new honoring in the household. There will be a new brokenness. There will be a new humility in the household. God, I pray in the name of Jesus there will be leadership among those that will call themselves Christians in the home, whether it's the woman or whether it's the man. There will be a new leadership. There will be a new boldness. What we can do right now as a congregation, because there are those here that took a step in the direction of where they 
want their family to go. And because you're still there doesn't mean you didn't. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because you're standing where you are does not mean that you did not take a step in the direction of where you want to go. Because Jesus is really interested in the heart of every person. Where's your heart? So I thought that a good way for us to to come to a close on this time slot, that doesn't mean it's the end of this journey. We're all on a journey. And so I thought it would be good if we made a declaration. Like when you you were at, at your wedding day and you vowed for something different. Okay? So on the screen, we're going to put some words. And I I think you'll notice in there I have wife, husband, parent, because you could be at a lot of different places. And it doesn't matter what name you put in there, but I gave you some room for that. Okay? Does that make sense? So when we get there, you declare what you need to declare. So I want, like for instance, I'm going to do the first line. Don't do it yet. I will honor God and my wife. That's what I would say. And would say her husband. Does that make sense? All right. And so I want us to do it out loud together. And it'll be up to you. Your responsibility is to let it be something that you're saying at the altar before Jesus. Amen. I will honor God and my wife by always believing the best about them while serving them in joy. I will communicate my needs and concerns with all gentleness and patience while lavishing my wife with affirmation and affection. I will be quick to repent without defense and quicker to forgive without offense while demonstrating the love of Jesus to my wife. I will seek unity, peace, and love with my wife as I deny my selfish desires while living fully surrendered to Jesus as I seek holiness on my way to happiness. I break every generational curse off of me and my family while taking authority over the devil to relinquish every stronghold in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.